This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 242? Sure, why not? And tonight, the countdown to Halloween Potathon plods along, never stopping, never resting. Unching us forward, can't get away because never sleeping, never makes a left turn, never makes a right turn, just keep going forward, why can't we stop it? Ah! Halloween's coming and you can't stop it! But we're counting down the days and we're having fun. And we're doing it all to support new alternatives to help homeless LGBT teenagers get off the street. And to do that, tonight, we're talking about one of my all-time favorite Movies. We are talking about the 1985 vampire classic, Fright Night. And I'm going to be joined by two returning guests who I, I always adore having them on the show. And I think together they made a fantastic coupling. That sounded dirtier than I intended. No, I wanted that to sound dirty. I'm going to own that one. I'm going to. I'm talking about. I'm talking about that superstar entertainer from San Francisco who will charm your heart with a song by night and then help you navigate the microfiche by day. Again, with the fucking microfiche. What is it with microfiche in this potathon? I don't know. But what I do know is I am talking about Manuel Canary. And also coming back to the show is the game designer who brought you Spank the Yeti and Schmovie. And in this episode is going to invent... A brand new Scream Queen's Rule, yeah. And don't he make my brown poop, don't he make my brown poop blue. Yeah, talking about Mr. Brian Wilson from Galactic Sneeze. And, oh boy, we have, it's a good show today. I'm very pleased. I'm pleased with all the shows we've been putting out for this pot so that makes me happy. Oh, boy, I'm scared of some of the ones coming up because, yeah, you guys don't know. I mean, because you're not here. I mean, these things were recorded a month ago at this point, and... They were all done in the space of like two weeks. So I'm some days I'm doing two or three a day and just juggling schedules. And a couple of these ones that are coming up, Daddy has crossed the crazy line. And I'm afraid to listen. But I have to listen because we got a show to put out. Because this is not just for fun. I'm not doing this for my entertainment or for your entertainment, to be perfectly honest. I mean, yeah, I hope you get entertained in the process, but the whole reason I'm doing this is to raise funds. Because, as I keep saying, the homeless LGBT teenage population, the numbers are escalating and escalating with no signs of stopping. And look at the news from the past few days. It's only going to be getting worse, and the only way to stop it is to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. You get you better get your ass out and vote. 
on November 3rd. That's for damn sure. There's no excuse this time, as I keep saying. No, sir. You want change? You got to make it happen. Inaction gets you nowhere. Inaction never helps the people being oppressed, ever. But you can also donate right now to New Alternatives. New Alternatives does an amazing job as an independent organization here in New York City, getting the help for these kids that they need. And something that was in the video that I played a few days ago that that sticks with me, the kid said, the people in New Alternatives help me the way I need to be helped, not the way some government statistics say I need to be helped. I mean, that's why they call it a case manager. I keep when you were assigned a case manager, you are, shouldn't just be a number. I mean, you're an individual. You've got all kinds of problems that maybe they haven't seen before, that may be kind of unique or unusual and don't fit the statistics. And what, you're just supposed to glaze over them or just apply some generic bandage to think? No, New Alternatives doesn't do that. They will get you the help that you need the way that you need it, not the way somebody else says that you need it. That's what makes them different, and that's why I support them. One of the gazillion reasons that I support New Alternatives, and so can you. First of all, one thing you can do that is 100% free is spread the word about what we're doing here. Hey, I have a short link now that goes directly to the Facebook donation page. Start telling your friends and your loved ones because I can see who's sharing and who's coming to that page. And it's all people I invited. And I see some people are sharing it, but and, and but I, clearly it's not enough. I mean, I, I need to see more action. What? Well, it is Friday after all that. Okay, and we're back in the gutter again. I would like to see more action going on on the pages from people that I'm like, well, who the hell is that? I don't know, but I don't care because they're awesome. And I can't do that. That's got to be coming from you. And the link for you to share is – it's a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly slash sqpodathon. bit.ly slash sqpodathon. Nice and easy. Easy to remember. Just remember that dot after the T and we'll all be good. Of course, you can always still go to the official New Alternatives donation page, which is http colon slash slash fundraise.newalternativesnyc.org slash sq. And you can donate there. That's another great way to do it. Some people feel more comfortable donating on Facebook because... If New Alternatives is listed as one of the, uh, their, their approved nonprofits, which they are, that means that there's been an investigation into them that they have passed all the requirements. They are an actual legitimate thing. They are not some fly-by-night thing. Go, 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 go. Donate, 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 donate. Because I <sighs> – I'm wearing out. Again, and today's been rough. Let's just say the first thing that happened when I woke up today is, okay, Smoochie has got this puzzle toy for that I can put kibble or treats in, whatever. It's this big plastic tray that's got spikes in it, these big, thick metal spikes in it. Not sharp. You know, they're, they're blunted on the edge, but the idea is that she has to dig around 
to get the treats out so she can't just stuff her face in there and, and nom nom down. And she gets a little tiny bit of exercise, both physical and mental. She must have moved it across the night during her street because I know I, I, during my sleep because I know I left it over by the bedroom door. But when I woke up this morning, it was directly next to the bed and I stepped on it. You ever step on a Lego? You know that kind of pain? Now picture that the points on the Lego are actually kind of pointed and also like three quarters of an inch thick. The bottom of my foot would be allowed by Doug Shapiro standards to visit Daphne's Island in Evil Under the Sun because it's polka dotted now. I've got big, giant, twister sized polka dots on the bottom of my left foot. My left foot, too, colon, polka dot, polka dot man. I got nothing. I got nothing. But that's how my day started. And I'm having all kinds of technical problems and internet problems. And I don't know what's going on. But this episode is proving to be really difficult to get out to you. So, you know what makes me happy? Donate. I just told you how. Billy slash SQ Potathon or HTTP colon slash slash fundraise dot no alternatives NYC dot org slash SQ. Heal my polka dots. <laughs> no, none of your funds will be going towards my polka dotted foot. No, that's not true. Uh, you know what? Speaking of donations, I have got some fantabulous people to thank. First of all, a huge thank you to Mr. Sam Zwalski for his $22. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Do you know Sam who watches me from a shelf over my desktop? Watching me do every episode? That little pottery gargoyle that you made for me. Yeah, I still got that. I still have that tiara too, but I got to say it kind of fell apart because I kept trying to wear it. It was just too small for my great big head, but thank you. Thank you, Sam, for your donation. That was super sweet of you. And Vinny Morano. Hey, Vinny. Hey. Grazie bello. Do a francobolle, por favore. That's all the Italian that I know. So thank you, Vinny. Vinny, 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 who's just on for the abominable Dr. Fives episode. Vinny, well, it's telling me he gave $127.29. So I'm assuming, I don't know, $135, $150. I don't know what you gave. But thank you, Vinny. That was cool. Now, over on the Facebook donation page, we have also got a few. Uh, well, just one at the moment. Billy Gallo, thank you for the $20. Thank you, Billy Gallo. Yeah. Woof, woof, oink, oink, woof, woof, woof. Grrr. He knows what I mean. He knows what I mean. I think half of you do, too. But never mind. Shut up. Shut up. Just leave me alone. My foot hurts. Okay. I am going to go rub some Arnica gel on the bottom of my foot. So I am going to bring on Mr. Manuel Canary and Mr. Brian Wilson. And we are going to get ready for a fright night. But first, let's take a listen to the trailer. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I can't. 
didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. scared this could be the night of your life so one of my favorite things about halloween is that it's not necessarily just about scary things but it's also about sometimes how you can make scary things really fun as well and that is why i have chosen the movie that i've chosen for this leg of the countdown to halloween marathon it's one of my favorite movies and you know what it's no fun to do scary things Scary fun things by yourself. No Serene Bob. So I have not one, but two fabulous returning veteran guests, gold star screamers, if you will. And I'm very happy to have them here. One is the sexy librarian performer from San Francisco who loves his YDC. And the other is that game designer who wants to spank your Yeti. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, may I introduce Manny Canary and Brian Wilson. Hey, Patrick. Good to be here again. Hi, Brian. Hello, hello, hello. So oh excited God. to be here. So excited to have you back. Yes, this is exciting. Glad to be back. Good, good, good. Yeah, so the movie we're going to be talking about is 1985's Fright Night. Yes, indeed. Yes, Hooray. starring, uh, <laughs> uh, who the hell's in this? It's uh, Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale and why can't I think of his name? Chris Sarandon. And, of course, Miss Amanda Beers. Yes. Uh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, now, I know, Manny, you've seen this a million times. Brian, this was your first time, right? This is my second time. I saw it once when I was 12. Oh, okay. Um, okay, great, it, great, great. It holds I, up. Yeah. Isn't it, it, it shockingly holds up. Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun still. I mean, it really is a great film. Well, the tagline still holds true, the tagline that was on the poster. The most fun you'll ever have being scared. Greetings, this is Flemdy Gargoyle speaking to you from the future. I have been enlisted to just edit all of these episodes now, but I have to correct Patrick because Patrick tells lies. This is not the tagline from Fright Night. It is from the Creep Show. The Fright Night tagline was, there are some very good reasons to be afraid of the dark. Obviously, you're talking to one of them right now. <laughs> but also, if you like being scared, this it's going to be the night of your life. Lies. Patrick tells lies. Now excuse me while I get back to editing and never being on this show anymore. Okay, bye. Yes, indeed. That's true. <laughs> well, before we go any further, we, you guys know, we have this little tradition on this show, this little game that I like to play before we kick things off. And yes. both of you have been on before. Both of you have played it. So I don't even care which one of you do it. You can fight it out between yourselves. But I need one of you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second 
elevator speech plot summary of Fright Night from 1985. The clock starts now. Oh, wait. I don't know. Brian, do you want to do it? I, or do you want... I, I was going to vote Manny, who's seen it uh, multiple times. I can give it a shot. Let's see. Uh, let's see. So um, a teenage boy is convinced that is his neighbor is a vampire. So um, he solicits the help of a local horror show host, um, as well as his friend and his girlfriend to prove it and um, you know, to destroy him, to get rid of him. Is that, is that right? <laughs> I, I think you crushed it. Oh, sweet. I think that was the best 30-second elevator plot summary <laughs> I've ever had on this show. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if everything else was that easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only. If only. So, I mean, we might as well, before we get going, let's just start with the cast here. Because I, I, the casting is really exceptional. It is. It is. And especially this is Tom Holland's first movie as a director. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And not... Not to toot my own horn. He has his blog yeah. now, Tom Holland's Terror Time. Yeah. I'm listed as one of the best horror podcasts on this. So thank you, Tom oh Holland. So like, I might as well horror. be in this movie. I might as well be in the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, does he pick that himself? I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> oh, well. He, he asked Patrick to make the list. That's oh, right. I see that. That's uh, writing is Wattrick Pulsch. <laughs> so it's not one of the 10 best. It's the top. Of the ten <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's oh, there is only one. That's it's really like, great. Uh huh. Yeah, Tom Holland. I love this movie. I think it's so much fun. And let's just start at the top. Chris Sarandon, who I don't normally find sexy. Oh my gosh! Though in this one, and even as I mean, like, and Brian's like la 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 la. <laughs> I know. Let's get that out of the way. Let's, let's get that out of the way. So you got two days. That's is. me and Patrick. So Brian is our token straight. Bella for this one so do we get that yeah yeah chris sarandon as jerry dandridge the vampire oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's a handsome man he's yeah, handsome he is, but yeah. it's not just handsome in this he no. is magnetic yes he's <laughs> sexy as hell it's and like moldering gla- uh, glare yeah. yeah and doesn't go the normal vampire route either with with the smoldering glaze like it's obvious seduction it's just this whole i'm so chill confident i'm not even gonna be mad at you right now because you're not worth getting mad at i'm just gonna stay chill you know vampires have that ability that they can you know like lure the the woman and have them drawn to them i I couldn't tell whether he was using vampire magic or just his (laughs) his handsome abilities you know his his, his qualities Uh human resources does she like him is he handsome yeah is he hot or is he using vampire magic right 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 he is terrific in this, and of course, he's notori—not uh, notoriously. He's the cousin of Susan Sarandon. Right, right. And you know, he, he didn't want to do this movie. Oh. Just because he was in that movie, The Sentinel. Oh yes. And he had apparently such a horrible time. He mm. never wanted to do a horror movie again. Mm-hmm. What, what turned Tom him around? Holland, huh? Sorry. What, what turned him around? What the? Tom Holland apparently also worked on The Sentinel in some form. Oh. Because oh. everybody worked on the worked on The Sentinel. <laughs> that cat, like Brian, if you ever see this movie, it's from 1978. Every uh-huh. fucking actor who was alive in 1978 is in. I was alive I, in 1978. No, I, I, I think I'm in the sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't seen it actually, believe it or not. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's worth seeing. It's shocking in its own right. The opening credits go on for like 75 minutes. I'm like, and somebody else, and somebody else, and somebody else, and Christopher Walken, <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum. And oh, wow. what? 
Yeah, oh, yeah baby. I got a baby. I have baby no idea. Jeff Goldblum. Jay, oh my god. Baby. Yeah, it's insane. Everybody's in this movie. Everybody. And I'm like, oh, fucking Jerry Orbach? Everybody. Man, we're not talking about that movie. But Tom Holland's like, I'm not running my set like the guy who directed that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Tom Holland, before this, I think the reason why he was able to do this movie is because he he wrote um, Psycho 2, the screenplay for Psycho 2, which I think is a terrific movie. I think yeah. it's the best possible mm. sequel Psycho could have Particularly had. Particularly since the book that Robert Block wrote to yeah. Psycho 2 is garbage. It is. He, he kills him off in the first few pages. He sure does. Yeah, Norman Bates. He kills Norman Bates off. So I thought he did a brilliant job with that screenplay. And from what I've heard from the, the, um, the commentary on Psycho 2 that he's on, that, that uh, all the notoriety from the, the work he did on that particular film got him to go ahead to make Fright Night. That so makes sense. That makes sense. No, and then later on, he went on to do the original Child's Play yes. and a whole bunch of other stuff. So he's a great yeah. guy. But uh, anyway, William Ragsdale, I think, is also adorable in this, who plays Charlie. Yeah. What I love about him, like, especially just the young cast in general, who were not young, they actually kind of look right. Yeah, they're close mm-hmm. to looking like. Yeah, pretty close. But they're also not, I'm really hot, but they put me in glasses and a dorky outfit. Right. Yep. Kind of look. Although, you know, some of them haven't changed later that I'm like, whoa. I know. And we'll talk about that. For <laughs> we'll sure. talk about that. <laughs> and, 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 and they hold these young actors who didn't have many credits, hold their own. Yeah, Johnny and you McDowell, know, yeah, no fear. Like so, like I just unfortunately, I just had to review the Bye Bye Man. That's one of the marathon things. It's one of the worst things. Oh. Ever. And these, to see these chumps who can't act doing a scene with Faye Dunaway. Oh, oh scandalous! No, they can't. They can't. They don't. Way that. out of their league. These mm-hmm. kids are. I buy everything. I buy their relationship. I buy everything. And Amanda Beers, who plays his girlfriend Amy, of course, was famous on um, Married with Mar- Children, playing yes. the neighbor, Marcy. And, and Marcy, now Marcy. we have to get into some of the LGBT element that's here as well, because there's a lot of it. There's a lot. But, you know, I have to say about Amanda Burse or Beers, I, can, I, I don't know what I have to Yeah. Uh, I've seen her for years. I just never know how to pronounce it. This is the first time I've ever had to say her name out loud. Mm. Um, but what's wonderful about her is, first of all, she's excellent. I agree. She's just really good. But also she doesn't look like a sort of a painted up, typical... A gorgeous high school. I mean, she's pretty, yeah, but she's like very real, and and I don't know. She sells it both in image and in delivery. I think she's. Uh-huh. she's a job. I would have loved to have seen more of her in film because yeah, she she's do much more. The, I mean, she's movie. behind the camera now. She gave it up. She's like, what I really wanted right. to direct, and you know, all of a sudden, my career became about me coming out. Right, and I think that may, might have been a good choice to then step yeah, back I mean, a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. She, she was on the Big Gay Sketch Show. She did a lot of Mad TV. She did. Right. Uh, she directed uh, that, a lot of stuff. Leslie uh, Jordan special. She works all the time. And I yeah. love her. Love her. Me too. Show. I think she's great. I'm a big fan of hers. I yeah. love her too. Um, and I didn't watch Married with Children. I did. Oh, I did. Oh, yes. <laughs> so much Brian, fun. Brian, Brian, how did they handle that? Because I know they, they, the character came out as well. No, she did not. No, oh, she's she, married. Oh, she's, they, just, they just. Oh, okay. No, yeah, they did fact, not. Make, I didn't even know she was gay until right now, which is. Oh, really? Which is ridiculous, I assume, for me. Well, because she, that, but... she played a man-hungry character. Like, she was always right. kind of turned on. And uh, no, she never changed that. She just kept that character. And she did a great job. She was hilarious. Uh-huh. I want to come back to some stuff with her, particularly yes. her wardrobe. But yes. that, we'll save that for the movie part. <laughs> okay. We'll save it for the movie part. And the one everybody loves to giggle about is Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> or a.k.a. Sam Ritter. Sam Ritter. Yeah, what you don't know, Brian. <laughs> yeah. This is actually kind of the tragedy of Hollywood in the 80s. 
he has. Stephen Jeffries. He had a Tony Award nomination mm-hmm. for uh, the human comedy, which he did with my dear friend and also fellow scream queen from Clive Barker's Nightbreed, and Bobby. Okay. Oh, yes. Then he went to Hollywood. He did Heaven Help Us. He did this movie. Yeah. He did a whole bunch of movies. Nine seven. Heaven Help Us. Eagles. He was the lead, right? Wasn't he with the main? No, character? no, he, no. Fraternity Vacation. He was the lead. Oh, oh. And that's, also, and that's was with Amanda Burrs too. They were they were partnered in that. They were a girl boyfriend girlfriend in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he disappeared <laughs> shortly after this. And the next time you see him, ten years of gay porn under the name Sam Ritter. Sam I Ritter. Had no idea. Yeah, and of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't know either until I, like it was the late two thousands. I was visiting a friend in LA, and we went to some bar, and there was like porn on the TV. Because mm-hmm. I guess you can do that in LA. Whatever. I'm like, okay. And I'm not watching, but I heard this voice. Yeah. Cause- <laughs> and let's just say Stephen Jeffries has a very distinctive voice. Yeah. <laughs> and Is he I turned. Constantly laughing the whole time. No, but he sounds like Evil Ed the whole time. Oh, your cock is so big! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ass, <laughs> <laughs> it's if you, if you know his history. But he, but you know, you went from fucking Tony Award to porn because in the mid '80s, if in, in the height of the AIDS crisis, if they got a whiff of gay off of you, you were blacklisted. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, it was a whole different ball. Yeah, it happened to Mark Patton. It happened to a whole bunch of people, and that's that's the, the sad part of the thing. And I guess we can just keep. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Of course, more gay, allegedly. Roddy McDowell. Uh, right, absolutely. I adore Roddy McDowell so much, you guys. He is in general wonderful. was wonderful. He was. I, he, I I don't know. There was always something about Roddy McDowell that made me want to hug him. And the, the great thing about him also was, I mean, he was part of like Hollywood from a young age. So he was like, he kind of spanned the decades. Oh, yeah. But he was also a movie fan. Like he loved film in general. So he was very knowledgeable. He collected memorabilia, which a lot of it is now in the Hollywood Museum in oh, Los wow. Angeles. Yep. And so he was also not only um, a, a movie star and in the thick of the business, but he was a fan of film and, yep. uh, and a wonderful actor. And he yeah, is great in this. He almost went to jail for that. Yeah, the for FBI, collecting. The uh, FBI raided his house, Brian, oh in no. 1973 to confiscate all of these films that they had because they had a, a tip off that for copyright infringement and all this yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah. They confiscated you know hundreds and hundreds of movies. They turned out to be movies and home movies that he bought from Errol Flynn's estate. Oh my God, he died, oh so he legally owned, and he was transferring them to another format. Mm-hmm. to like newer film to preserve them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. somebody said, hey, he's selling them. And he almost went oh. to jail for that. Yeah, no. And he never actually came out as gay, but lots it's of his well, biographers said he was. And you know, whether he was or he wasn't, I adore Roddy Madell. I still do. And I think this is one yeah. of his best, one of his most charming performances. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. Much else. And he, you, can, you can tell he's having a great time. Like he, he, he's loving he, it. He is. And he also has moments of like, there's a great moment, which we'll talk about later, I think, but where he, it's very moving, a very moving moment that he's just performing all with his face. I was just going to say, this is one of the few horror movies that make me cry. Yeah, it's oddly. Every time at one point. Yes, it's oddly. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Yeah, okay. So, all right, let's dive into the movie itself. Yeah, so Charlie is starting to suspect that there's a vampire next door. And I, I, I love the whole scene. This opening scene when he's in the bedroom with Amy. Yeah. 
and she just really she doesn't want to have sex. <laughs> then she decides when she finally decides he does, he's totally oblivious. Yes, yes, that's a creepy <laughs> because he's too busy watching the coffin getting loaded into the creepy house next door. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, you know it's that typical. I think they stopped using it around the eighties. That uh, the the term making love. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's weird <laughs> to hear it's teenage gonna... it's weird to hear teenagers, teenagers say make love. Yeah. It's it was definitely... really strange. <laughs> she's she's seventeen at this moment, I believe. About yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and there's a moment where they talk about how he's been they've been together for a year now. Uh-huh. I imagine what two, three, four nights a week they're together and he's trying to get her to sleep with him over and uh-huh. over again. And uh-huh. then finally at this moment she decides, okay, fine. Let's uh-huh. do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. But a uh-huh. year, a year uh-huh. in the making. Uh-huh. A year with the blue balls. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to look out the window right now instead. Uh-huh, because he's like the ultimate horror nerd because Charlie is the horror nerd. They're mm-hmm. watching Fright Night on TV, which is their local horror, you know, kind of Elvira sort of hosted yeah. by Peter Vincent. I think it's weird that Peter Vincent is his name and also the name of all the characters he played in the movies. That's weird. I know, I know that, that's one of the things I was like, and he, at one point he says, it's not even my real name, but I was like, but is it your character or is it, you're the actor? Yes. Ah, it was very the answer odd. The answer to that is yes. It's just, yes. Just accept that I am Peter Vincent in all forms. Yeah. It's a cross <laughs> between um, Peter Cushing and yeah, Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. Yeah. Yep. And actually Vincent Price was originally approached to do the role, but his health was really bad at the time. Yeah, it was oh. probably later in his, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, he was going downhill. And actually, I, you know, it would have been cool to see him in this, but I think Roddy hits levels that Vincent... I think so, too. I think Roddy yeah. has the pathos that Vincent, who I love Vincent Price, too, but I don't think he would have that same kind of pathos to the character. Yeah. As, I think as it would be more like Roddy the way this did. character was played in the remake, which we'll get into. Yeah, yes. We'll touch on that later, because, oh, boy. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah, and it's so funny. The poor girl, the poor girl, she's finally decided, yes, it's finally time. <laughs> she's laying there in just her bra. She's like, yeah, okay, no. what's going on? And she's like, <laughs> she's like covering herself. I mean, she took the- I'm ready. Nothing, nothing. The poor no. thing. The poor <laughs> yeah, thing. You know, she, she even showed up with ribbons in her hair, which she consistently does through oh, the yeah. movie. Oh yeah. This, Random okay. ribbons. Okay, since we're here, those fucking rabbits. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is what I realized about her character in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm going, her outfits are awful. I know. But there's something right about them. Like, I'm a 17-year-old girl, and I saw this in a magazine, and it looked good. So kind of a thing. I'm putting yeah. things together. I'm making my own look. I don't understand the rules of fashion yet. I got that, and I liked it. Like, this ribbon in my hair looks really cool. No. No, <laughs> and it is 1985. It, it is, is 1985, yeah. but no, I'm high. I was there in 1985. So I know, me too. And, <laughs> me too. And, no, that was not a thing. And it is well. Iowa. <laughs> it is I thought it looked great. I, I, I was in rural Alabama in 85, and I oh. thought it looked great. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that looked like a trip to the mall for me. Okay, okay, with a ribbon in your hair and everything. With the ribbons. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly placed ribbons, weirdly placed <laughs> clips. I don't understand what is going on. Okay, I, I love the movie that they're watching too. I, this, 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 the movie is so ridiculous, but yeah, so they did dead a good on. job at doing that sort of hammer, soapy hammer. Uh huh. When the thing. vampire girl in the movie, when he, when Peter Vincent holds up the cross to her and she literally goes, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. It makes me crack up every yeah. time. It's so silly. It's so silly. I love also that Peter Vincent, as the vampire slayer, is always carrying a caboodle. 
Yes, a huge, an oddly shaped one too. With a <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to talk about that, right? He's, hey, please go, he's going into these locations to like hunt and attack vampires, right? He wants to be as spry as possible, you know, uh-huh. on his toes. And he's bringing this, size, this thing the size of a, what would you call it? It's like a small trunk. Yes, right? it is. It's, it's like, like a refrigerator big. box. It thing. looks like it should have a movie projector in it. It's yeah. so bad. Like one of those old like home movie projectors. Oh you would open the box and it, it smells weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even like a fisherman sort of thing where you open it up and there's multiple drawers. Like this thing is like a refrigerator box or like a microwave yeah. would come in this thing. It is huge. And, 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 and bless his little heart, Ryan McDowell is a tiny little man. Yeah. It, yes. it, yeah. And it's, it's, it opens in the middle, you know, and it has hard structured sides. Like get the man a backpack or a duffel bag or something. It, it's uh-huh. terrible. It doesn't go with his outfit. Well, no. Brian, no. He's not going to Peter Vincent has a look. Peter Vincent has a look. I mean, it fits better with, with uh, Amy's outfit. <laughs> I strapped some, some ribbons to it. Some ribbons to it, and we'd be all set. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Do you want to make love or not? Well, there was one part she was like, well, I'm sorry, Charlie. I'm just not ready. And I've got to say, I'm just scared. I'm like, and gay. And, yes, and a lesbian. And By it, the way, for a lesbian, she does some juicy, very convincing makeout sessions. Oh, uh-huh. She's a, oh, yeah. an excellent actress in that respect. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll get to all that stuff. There's <laughs> one point where, Charlie, where Charlie's talking to his mom. And I love his mom, by the way. Oh, she's great. Yeah, great character. One of the things I love about this movie is that it's fun, it's funny, as well as scary. It, it's, it walks that balance right. really well, mm-hmm. but it's never a comedy. No, it's never full-on comedy. It's that just char- like The character of the mom is borderline sitcom. Yeah. But yes. the woman plays it just right. But one of the things that cracked me up, he was, she was like, he's like, oh, there's somebody. That I just saw people next door. And she's like, oh, well, it's probably the new guy moving in. Yeah. She said, yeah. what, you knew about this? And she said, yeah, the real estate agent, Bob Hoskins, told me all about it. Mom, there are people next door. Oh, I guess the new owner's moving in. What new owner? Didn't I tell you? Bob Hoskins said he finally got rid of the place. I'm like, is, Hoskins? I'm like, is Roger Rabbit moving in next door? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I didn't catch that. That was his name. Uh-huh. Evil too. Eddie. It's Evil Eddie. <laughs> Evil Eddie, please. Please. <laughs> 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 That or Neil Jordan's Mona Lisa. Then it gets really dark. Remember he was in Mona Lisa? Crickets? Haven't seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a Neil Jordan film. But anyway, Roger Rabbit. Okay, better. better uh, Great yes. story, man. Anyway, like, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to show off my um, movie knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. You've seen a lot of movies. I suppose in that regard, it could have been Mrs. Henderson Presents, too, when the real estate agent could have been butt-ass naked the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? You want one here? I, I got a bit of trivia about this one that I remember from the article that was in Fangoria Magazine oh, yeah. back before the movie came out, and I cannot find it anywhere online, but I know it was in there. Mm-hmm. There's another big star in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In one of the greatest films ever made. Marlon Brando. Yes. <laughs> nope. It's the staircase in Jerry's house. Oh. That staircase is the staircase from Gone with the Wind. No. What? Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. It's the exact same staircase. The that, same is, that is wild. Uh-huh. The, oh the, the, the features on the side are still the same. Everything. You've, you've double-checked this? Like, side-by-side comparison? 
video yeah. frame matchup? No, I didn't do that. But I remember it in the article, and I was like, oh, okay. And then when the next I time mean, I saw Gone with the Wind, it makes I'm like, sense. It's, it a grandiose, it's a grandiose um, set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. It's not hard to believe, but yeah, it's wow. Not, not just a set, just the staircase. Just a staircase, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not Tara. They tore down Tara when the vampires took over it. <laughs> but they liked the staircase, so they brought it. Oh, Tara well, burned down, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, you mean the the, the facade? Yeah. No, no, they. Not, I don't remember. No, 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 no. It did. It didn't. It eventually they tore down. They just let it kind of rot, and eventually, um, they tore down all, all the entire back lot at NGM, and it was it fell victim uh, to gotcha. badly. That that is uh, you win the trivia uh, the trivia prize. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna get notes now. People be like, it was in Fangoria. Tony Timpone did not lie to me. Thank you. Well, we could check that out. To hell. I've tried. I've been Googling oh, all day. It. I've tried. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I could look at the movie. That would have been the ABCs. I'm sure that, I mean, there's enough stills of her getting carried up that stairs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To be raped. So, the, uh, but one of the things she says after the, uh, oh no, I think when she sees him, she actually says, with, me, with my luck, the mother, she says like these kind of hands. Oh, she's like, oh yeah, he's, he's got a living carpenter. She was still talking, he's got a living carpenter. My yeah, luck. With my luck, he's probably, probably gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> you seen the new guy next door yet? No, but I did hear he's got a live-in carpenter. My luck, he's probably gay. Well, well, that mom was thirsty. She was. I mean, yeah. she full-on, like, floods her basement, if you know what I'm talking about. No, I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't Brian's giggling a lot. Brian's flooded a few basements. You guys are yeah. <laughs> See, you probably. Guys are <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's the chuckle of... <laughs> <laughs> that's not, oh, that was naughty that was it call the plumber roto rooter oh no yeah so i mean he's suspe- oh and there's we're also learning that there's been some murders in town a homeless guy's been murdered are, are, are we yes I, I don't want to mess up your timeline here but uh no by uh, all means jump around jump around so a um no, seriously brian get your ass out of that chair and jump around <laughs> uh charlie sees this young woman uh, a, a beautiful blonde uh woman go into uh into the home of the potential vampire yes very conspicuously dressed for iowa in the daytime <laughs> well and then might i add that that is the first appearance of one of two gold LeMay articles well her shoes oh I didn't notice her shoes. Well, her shoes, she had belt. gold shoes, like goes with what, the belt. Oh my God. So that's three because later on, there's also a gold LeMay purse. Okay. Oh, this oh. sure is. Well, she had a lot of, okay. Well, you know, that's, that, that, but that's, that's the other know. one. That's how you know, if you didn't get already that she's some kind of prostitute. <laughs> yes. Cause gold LeMay. I'm sorry. Sex worker. We're supposed to refer to them as sex, sex workers now. Yeah. yeah. Gold LeMay is like a. Like yeah. And I'm sorry. Where are you going, Brian? Oh, just yeah, uh, that, that she goes into this house. And then, of course, shows up, uh, you know, dead on the night on the nightly news um, yep. the next day. Yeah. And then Charlie doesn't go to the authorities to tell anyone. Oh, by the way, I've seen this woman. Yeah, yeah. there yeah, was that. Mm-hmm. There was that. There were a lot of easy solutions to this. And then when he finally does go to the police, and the police go to the house and get stopped by the living carpenter, mm-hmm. they um, brought the witness with them. No. Yeah. That's not proper police procedure. No, that's, <laughs> that's really not proper police procedure. There's a lot of questionable things that go on, but right. yeah, I mean, and I, isn't that that actor that plays the detective or the investigator? Isn't that? I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I swear to God, similar, he's always yeah. playing a. He's always playing that part, same part. That part, yeah. At this point, I've been watching so many movies. Yeah. That 
I will recognize people from the movie I'm watching right then and be like, oh my God, I know that person. Where do I know them from? Where do I know them from? Oh, I know them from this movie, you idiot. <laughs> well, especially, especially from the 80s. I, you know, like they were just, they sort of hooked on and would play a character in practically every movie. Sure. He always time. plays a cop that doesn't believe in vampires. Right. Well, yeah, they're that too. No matter what the movie's about. Yeah, this movie actually brought back, I was not from, I mean, because, you know, uh, what I liked about this movie too is that vampire movies, for the most part, with the exception of things like The Hunger, still always played to the Count Dracula game. Yeah. There was always a cape. Mm-hmm. They were always some kind of, you know, bullshit European nobility with a title. They were all pretty much interchangeable as far as vampires go. But to have this guy was just the guy next door, but that made him unique. When he would change physically, the angrier he got. Amazing. Was cool. The special effects were really impressive for the, yeah, the time period. And I yeah. can only imagine what this guy's budget was we had to work mm-hmm. with. He said most of the budget went to special effects. You could tell. You could They're tell. Yeah, because they hold up extraordinarily well. But what I wanted to say was, I forgot what I was saying. Good, Patrick. <laughs> Welcome to the marathon. Patrick's <laughs> brain is fried. <laughs> well, it makes, it's things like this that make you miss practical effects, you know? Oh, yeah, um, because the remake, ugh. I, the Jerry Dandridge character is, is what's his name? Yeah, Colin I, Farrell. Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. and he's fine, but he's so mean vampire. Yeah, like very obvious. So. And Peter Vincent is like Chris Angel. Yeah, he's like a magician or something. And they're both the buff and ripped, and I'm like, this is not the same movie, and it's all loaded with CGI and yeah. bad CGI. Yeah. It does have Tony Collette as the mom, so that's a plus. But she's not in it much. No, but just... She's so great. I, I'm a huge fan, so I just She can do no wrong. She can do no yeah. wrong, but that movie is terrible. But no, like in comparison, like there's so much heart in this one and humor. And I, what was I saying? But this was the movie that thinking I know everything, I was like, wait a minute. Vampires can't come in unless they're invited. You didn't at know the that? Time, at, at the time, no. Oh, when you in first 1985, that was Hollywood fashion. I learned that in Lost Boys. Right, which was three years later. And then let the red... But I might have seen it first. Yeah, I'm just saying, but it's like two years later. So by that time, it had already been introduced, this whole thing that not only that there are rules for vampires, but that's shit you learn in the movies might not work. This is the first time you start playing with that. And that was fun because Evil Ed gives him a whole lesson, even though for some reason a guy who watches vampire movies all the time doesn't know the rule the vampires and has to go to evil ed but that's okay there's (laughs) steven jeffers more to do because i do adore him in this movie he's adorable does he have that that uh, same effect uh, effect in everything he does i haven't seen him anything else that's his voice that's his voice really vibrating that's his voice he's got a very distinctive voice so he always plays very distinctive characters even in in fraternity vacation when he's the romantic Uh lead he's the weird goofy Right. Strange romantically. That's not that the other people in the fraternity are like, why? Yeah. And that kind of a thing. Well, what was it? I was kind of, I was kind of all set to sort of just kind of, because I have to admit it's, it could get, it gets borderline annoying for me. I don't yeah. know if, but, but I was, I was all set to sort of kind of dismiss him until there's a scene later where he becomes, you know, cause we're jumping around, but he, beca- oh, yeah. like, he gets bitten and becomes a vampire. There's a there's that moment again where he's very emotional, 
Yeah. When he's, yeah. And, and he's kind of, get, he's just the, the way that he's talking to him gets to him where I was like, oh no, this guy's more dimensions than, than he let on at first. Cause you know, he kind of starts out as a generic eighties goofball friend. Yeah. But there's yeah. more layers to him as, as it gets to that point in the film. Yeah. Cause Jerry Dandridge knows your pain <laughs> and he's going to play with it. And that's what I was going to say. What they, what they did in their own right. They got rid of, I mean, th- a lot of the stuff that was, haunting movies forever the count everything has to kind of be like dracula or people won't get it Mm -hmm. except they kind of went back to the book dracula for his Mm -hmm. performance because in the book dracula he ain't romantic he's a monster right we might act romantic but you know that whole seduction thing is just playing with his food i want you to beg for it i could rip your throat out i do that all the time but Mm -hmm. you i want you to beg for it so i'm gonna make and i'm gonna in that book it's three days you have to be bitten to change yeah so it's like i'm gonna be all you think about even if you hate me even if you're afraid of me i'm gonna be all you think about until Mm -hmm. you beg for it and they play on this movie uh, play on that in this movie a lot particularly in that scene okay we'll jump around he captures amy at one point Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's in that fabulous diaphanous dress and as you know it's scream queens rule 387 when people start wearing diaphanous nightgowns shit is about to go down <laughs> you mean that, is that is that was that like the seven-year itch marilyn monroe dress yes, yes. <laughs> okay yeah she's in his thrall and mm-hmm. she's totally down for it and he goes to bite her and she tenses up right yeah. and he stops yep. mm-hmm and he goes back and he gives her a little more attention, a little more love. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I could do it now, but you're scared and you yeah. don't want it. That's the mm-hmm. subtext. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to play with your head a little more. And so, and so the, next, the next thing she does is take her top off. She does yeah. it, not him. Mm-hmm. Like three seconds later, I'm like, this, this is a mean little fucker. I love you, Jerry Dandridge. You're hot. <laughs> you're a mean. You're a bad boy. And you're really like fruit. I know. I, was oh. mentioning, I saw that too. He's like eating fruit all the time. I- <laughs> I saw something online that made a reference to, like, because he, as a vampire, he can turn into bats. Fruit bat. He's a fruit bat. <laughs> oh, a fruit bat. Aw. I can't. Going on with the gay theme. Oh. <laughs> yes. And, and also, to go along with the gay theme, okay, we established from mm-hmm. Evil Ed and Peter Vincent in their own terms that the vampire can appear as a bat, as wolf, as fog. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the movie, not only can he appear as bat and wolf and fog, he can also become a hairstylist like that. <laughs> that nightclub scene. Yes, all of a sudden, her yeah. hair. All of a sudden, like she sp- she's got that dowdy thing with the ribbons one second, she spins yeah. that all of a sudden, she's like, bam, Pat Benatar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she's got like some, what is it, big head. Oh God, her hair, oh, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> no, no, actually it's more Sheena Easton than Pat Benatar. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Point. But still, I was like, "Holy shit! What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> yeah, she was definitely like, she was definitely country music award. I'm like, ready. "What just happened in between those scenes?" I mean, I know he could seem to make himself disappear and like appear behind you and stuff yeah. like that, but apparently he could do that to your hair. Mm-hmm. No, and no hairspray. No, hairspray. I think he might have been worse. I think I just no product. Manny, Manny, mm-hmm. I just realized. I think maybe he was working with Yvonne Carlo in Play Dead. That's why her hair changed from shot to oh shot. Oh my god, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> that was a terrible movie we reviewed last time. It's so terrible. We had so much fun reviewing it. Oh, that was a great one. But oh my god, it makes sense. <laughs> I love but that scene is one of those also things talking about her performance mm-hmm. is that she starts that dance as a little girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ends it as like this full blooded 
thirsty ass woman. Yeah. Like a sexual yeah. being. And like, it's all done. Like her face changes. Like just like she goes from that little girl expression and it's wonderfully done. I love it. And I also realized this time, like she, her, her voice work is great too, because for the whole movie, her Amy voice is an affectation. Right. Right. Yeah, sure. And it didn't really occur to me till the very end when you see her in her other form and the voice is just lush. I'm like, and there's your theater training. (laughs) But it never felt like an affectation early on. Like I could say like, oh my God, what is evil Ed doing with his voice? Why is he talking like that? That's just his voice. But her, I'm like, that sounds like some dopey kid from Iowa. Mm -hmm. And, And what's interesting about that thing, and Brian kind of touched on it, is that when when she kind of goes towards him at, on the dance, it's like you're not 100% sure. You're like, is she doing this on her own? Right, I mean, you want yeah. to believe, you know, that she under a spell. So it's like, I mean, it, it, it's kind of what, I mean, you kind of get that idea, but there's still a little bit of like, you're wondering how much of it could possibly be some subconscious thing that she's giving into, you know? I love that it's played a little bit, you know, it's not exactly, in, you know, uh, spelled out for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's something going on because occasionally she'll get turned out and she's got that right. look, that look at her face, like, "What's happening? Yeah, where but am I?" That kind of thing. So, but it's not full hip, hip. Oh, hypnosis. Hey, did you catch the Friday the Thirteenth connection? Uh, nope. No. The bouncer so. in the nightclub is like, "Hey, you want chicken? You got to go someplace else." He's the head of the biker gang. In front of the thirteenth part three. <laughs> oh, oh God! I would. I didn't. I'd have to go back and watch it again. Nice uh huh. Uh huh. I was like, oh hey, that's that guy. Oh, you're dead. Oh well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Friday night happens in the same world as Friday the Thirteenth because you know he got hit with that wrench for a while, and then at the end he gets his arm cut off, and you assume he's dead. He's probably just like, you know what? Forget this. I'm leaving the lake. I'm moving to Iowa. I'm going to become a bouncer. It'll be safe there. And now look what happened. Sorry, Ollie. Sorry. It's the same, totally same universe. <laughs> Oh, you could very well be. Yeah, but he did, like, what I was saying before, too, like, that thing, I'm going to make you beg for it. He does that to her there. She asks to be bitten at that point. Yeah. And so does Ed. Yeah. He stalks Ed. I'm sorry, Brian, go. I was going to say, to your point, I think a lot of times they give you these visual clues or musical uh, music Mm -hmm. clues to let you know whether the vampire is using using their their force, their special power or not. Uh And because the music at this point is like all over the top Miami Vice uh, style, I don't even know what instrument that is. Is that all synthesizers? Yes. You're drawn into what's going on, but everything seems very exciting. So you can't tell whether they're, you know, running from something or if, if she's, in on and going to try to get away at any moment or, or whether she is under his spell. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's tough to read. I know. And um, I like that. I like that. It gives you a little bit of that. Uh, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Not so obvious. Yeah. I love all yeah, that. What you were about to say is when he had found uh, evil Eddie, evil Eddie's running from him and he chases yeah. him down this corridor and then he finally gets to the end of an alley and there's nowhere to run. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie's like cowering and then Dandridge walks up to him and then leans over and then just reaches out his hand to him. Mm-hmm. And again, either, I'm a guessing now, having seen more of it, that he's using some sort of magic to draw him in. But I also don't know if maybe Eddie is just a you know, sort of a sad, lonely outcast of a kid who's like, hey, I'm going to get some powers and I'm going to become kind of a badass and nobody's going to fuck with me going forward. I'm going to become a vampire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or and also Stephen Jeffrey is, is playing attraction too yeah it may not be there oh, in the yeah. script but it's there and yeah. even the things jerry says he, he he just says you don't have to be afraid anymore mm-hmm. yeah no one's gonna beat you up anymore 
Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's a yeah, seduction it's, of a it's, different it's, kind. It's the seduction again. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. promise you everything. And when he bites him, it's in an embrace. Yeah. Yeah. He takes him under that coat and hugs him. I'm like that. Yeah. That, that's yeah. all very charged. Even though Tom Holland's like, I didn't really mean it that way, but I guess, <laughs> you know, the viewer decides what things mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it has, it has a, actually, to be honest, I actually remembered it more blatant, but it does still have a little bit of the homoerotic context. Really? Two, two guys in the dark alley. One of them is on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> And one of them reaches out a hand. Puts him behind his cloak. And from then on, uh, Evil Eddie refers to him as the master. The master. Yeah. 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 And then, then of course, we got, I mean, and then he he does have a housemate. Yes. His living carpenter, whose name I don't remember. But I guess I kept writing him down as Uh, not Bill Paxton. Billy Cole. (laughs) Because I'm like, this guy is so Bill Paxton without being Bill Paxton. Yeah. I wrote Charlie down as not Tom Hanks. Also, also correct. Oh, yeah. That is also correct. Nobody has a housemate. And I love the roommate housemate, you know, the 80s. That was the 80s reference. Yeah. Always uh, to, you know, being a lover. You know? And it was also it was nice to see that, that they took the, um, what's the word? Familiar? The vampire's mm-hmm. familiar. Oh, yeah. yeah. And didn't make it a bug-eating psychopath. Right. Yeah. Or some variation on it that every, it was just some dude who's just yeah. the muscle He's during creepy. the day. Yes. Yeah. Who well, also he, just has just enough supernatural powers. What do you yeah. not, what do you think his uh, his his powers is? Well, not, I mean, normally the, the whole thing with the yet. vampire is just protection. Normally, they usually get teased mm-hmm. with being turned forever. Uh-huh. Like we'll do, I will do with this. You just got to do this one more thing, and then I'll turn you. One more thing, yeah, and yeah, turn yeah. You. one more mm-hmm. thing, and I'll turn you. But this seemed to be that he has enough powers that he has, you know, super strength or whatever that he can protect the house during protect. the day. Changing yeah, into a vampire is mm-hmm. leaves the house vulnerable during the day. So if you give your familiar just enough supernatural powers to make him live forever as well. Oh. But not be one of you. So you think he's like a touch vampire and not just just a little some, yeah. uh, not like 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 quarter goblin or something. You think he's No, he's, no, I think he was changed. I mean normally that's how the vampire familiar works. They change they get someone in the thrall or they're under hypnosis, or they're crazy. But this seemed to be like, I've got a different offer for you. Yeah, I thought it was a but, different supernatural creature. So did I. I thought it maybe was like a, I don't know. Like part demon or... No, because uh, it, it's not really clear. But that it was, yeah, some kind of... Obviously, when he melts away... Yeah, keep, when he gets shot in the head and keeps walking, maybe yeah. he's supernatural. Yes. <laughs> if you get shot all, in the head and they're gone with the wind staircase and you don't die... Yeah, you just might be a supernatural. <laughs> and you also ooze that green slime. Yeah. Oh, that whole meltdown scene is so wonderfully done, and it's gross. Yeah. It's wonderfully gross. Yeah. And it goes on for a while. I mean, they oh. kind of keep it going. And then he's got sand and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, in. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was racking my brain trying to figure out what sort of creature melts in green goo. and I, I, Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure what kind of supernatural. But he was some kind of. Carpenters do. Oh yes. <laughs> a lot of people the don't know that all carpenters are supernatural because of Jesus. <laughs> Check your you Bible. heard it here first, kids. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Even Karen Carpenter, just a little bit supernatural. <laughs> oh. 
Why do you think she sang so well? Those songs are so sappy. Why are they touching my soul like that? Why does she seem to know my pain? Because she's a vampire. That's why. <laughs> she's a vampire carpenter from outer space. <laughs> and she's bad. Mean green bad. Okay. <laughs> Keep drinking, Patrick. I'm drinking if you don't know, just because it's been a horrible day. But it's, not but it's so much better now. Oh, it's, oh my gosh. I'm having such a wonderful time now. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Did you notice in Peter Vincent's apartment uh-huh. that among all of his movie memorabilia, there's the life cast of his head from Planet of the Apes. Oh, wow. No. That is so cool. I've seen this movie a thousand times. I spotted it this time. I freeze framed. I'm like, there it is. Oh, my God. He's got so Oh, shit. That's kind of awesome. I have to go back and watch that. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, everything in his apartment is legit hard movie. From his own movie. collection, probably. Very possibly. Who knows? Yeah, he collected a lot of stuff, like we said. So that could very well be from his own personal collection. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what I like about this movie, too, is that it, it's a very – not exactly a slow burn. That's not the right word for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're on board, and it, it, it doesn't waste any time. But it's definitely backloaded. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. everything like, keeps increasing in insanity. Yeah. As it goes along, like the first, like the first, like the first uh, sex worker, you don't see anything. You just hear her scream and a thump, and that's it. Right. The second one who gets killed, you see some boobies in the window. Right in the window, open clearly in the open window. Yep. Perfect She's, view, and that's when he first gets a. a, a when Charlie first sees Charlie. the fangs yeah. and, the, and the leap press on nails. And the, and the, oh, I was I thought they were more like Dynasty, eighties Dynasty nails. Uh huh. He said. Uh, he and said. Pretty. Christopher Randon, because uh, Chris Randon said, he's like, we had to spend so much time taking those things off and putting them on. Eventually, I would just do them myself when they were doing my makeup. And <laughs> the problem was, I couldn't pee. Oh, ouch. oh my god! So I had to get an assistant to help me pee. Ooh, he couldn't get because he couldn't, he couldn't operate his cry. He couldn't operate his his fly, or his pants, or unbuckle his pants, or anything, because the nails would fly off. <laughs> Where do I apply? Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot of experience in this area. <laughs> so, I got so, a resume. What were we just talking about? Charlie oh. is sitting in his bedroom, which is brightly lit, and he has the curtains fully open, yes. and he's sitting there with binoculars, and he's looking across, you know, um, I don't know, what is that, like 30 feet? Yeah. To, to another window that is open. And inside there, there's a woman with her top off and a man who he suspects to be a vampire is leaning in on his neck. You'd think Charlie would, I don't know, uh, try to duck down and kind of hide behind the windowsill or nope. maybe turn the lights off. He's a 17-year-old facing boobs. He's frozen like a oh. deer in headlights. <laughs> and he has a lot of porn on the floor. A lot of porn. He did have a lot of porn on the floor. Like, he's a seventeen-year-old boy. Come on, you're right, now. You're right. I, I keep forgetting what Come it was like. Come on now, and, and but you and, hide it. Yeah, I, I've been a seventeen-year-old boy who has a mop <laughs> downstairs. You know, you, you hide your porn. Maybe you pull it out. But he had it out then. He had it out then. And then you put it away. <laughs> you lock the door. You turn on some music. You try to muffle the sounds. Um, <laughs> I don't, maybe you close the window too if you think the neighbors might be watching. But there were no neighbors for so long. He probably just was in the habit of not closing the window just until uh, he lived in the house. But, okay, <laughs> this is just something silly. Uh, my parent podcast, the ones that I first fell in love with that were my fairy pod fathers when I started, okay. was not a living podcast. And one of the most epic things that still haunt them to this day, for one of them in particular, is when they covered Fright Night, particularly this scene. 
Oh. One of the hosts, Erica, was oh. going to fight to the death if there was Bush in the scene. There was Bush? Really? She was convinced that she saw Bush in the scene, and she fought the whole damn episode and then had to admit the next one, okay, there was no Bush in Friday night, which became like they have T-shirts that say there's no Bush in Friday night. <laughs> it's a catchphrase now. And I was talking to her once, and she's just like, you know, and it's really bad because every time it comes up in conversation on the show or in emails or talking to fans, they're like, oh, my God, that whole thing with Erica's Bush. And she's like, I just want to point out it was not talking about my Bush. It's not my Bush. It's not talking about my Bush. It's about Bush in Friday night. So whenever I see the scene, I'm always thinking about Erica's Bush. Hi, Erica. Oh, well, <laughs> Love Erica's you. Bush. There's a Playboy or a penthouse or something laying on the ground there. Maybe there's some bush in the in the Maybe. in the photo. No, she was convinced that that girl had a bush up. No, she there's does no bush not. Confusion or anything. She yeah. does not. She I'm thinking does not. of Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, there was a lot of bush in Revenge of the Nerds. It was the, all those. We had a bush. There was hair. There was hair pie. Hair pie. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. But if it was the 70s, it would have been very obvious. Because <laughs> it would have been up to her neck. <laughs> would have been much more obvious. <laughs> it would have like been like a soul. It would have yeah. been like creeping in the wind at Charlie's window from across the way. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have been the bush he was hiding in downstairs. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, things just like escalate and they're slow and they're slow and they're slow. And yeah. I love that because. He, I hate a movie that shoots its wad in the first half hour mm-hmm. and tells you everything. You're constantly getting new information. And man, when Ed first shows up in vampire form, it's such a great scene where he's going after Peter Vincent in his apartment. Yeah. He's great teeth too. Like it's not your classic vampire teeth. He's no, they're like protruding a and well, well, even his first, even the, yeah. the first time you see his teeth, the fangs aren't on the canine teeth. They're on the ones inside of that. I bring yeah. it yeah. so far. Which is unusual. I mean, the obvious mm-hmm. choice is to put them on the canines. Yep. But no, it's the one, they're, two, they're, they're in one, which is alarming because that's wrong. You know, like <laughs> something in your brain goes, that's not right. Right, and that, make, that throws you off a little bit. That makes it better. A little more yeah. uneasy, yeah. Yeah, but there's that one scene where after he, uh, uh, Peter puts the uh, cross on oh, so Evil good. Ed's head, mm-hmm. and he's, Ed's screaming, and his head is thrown all the way back, and you can pretty much see all the way down his throat, and those teeth are just... <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. two rows of them. They're terrifying. Yeah, they are. They are. They're like really totally Again, not different. standard vampire teeth. No, not at all. Not at all. And I love that. And it just mm-hmm. Ed's, all of Ed's stuff is so gleefully, wonderfully over the top, showing up in that raggedy Ann wig. His oh, dinner yeah. is oh. in the oven. Amazing. His dinner's in the oven. <laughs> I wonder where the fuck he got that. Like, <laughs> Well, they showed a raggedy Ann in that in the mom's room at one point. Oh, you're good, so I guess he got inspired by that. I don't know. His dinner is in. His fucking working nights. <laughs> <laughs> but this, that's the scene that makes me cry like a baby. When Ed gets staked. Oh, yeah. Oh. When he's in the form of the wolf. Yeah. When the, first of all, A, because he turns into the wolf and, and he's hungry. Like a wolf. <laughs> like, the, like the wolf. <laughs> this is the wolf that Duran Duran wrote the song about, by the way. This is the wolf that likes to eat pussy. This is the one. Actually, I was going to say, well, no, he did do buy movies as well, Stephen Jeffries. I'm sorry, Sam Harris. Not Sam Harris. That's somebody else. Sam Ritter. Sam Ritter. I always want to call him Sam Harris, and that's a Broadway star. But maybe he likes to eat pussy. No, he definitely doesn't. Never mind. Okay, no, where are we? Oh, welcome to the marathon, folks. Patrick's gone crazy. It's really hot in here right now. Hey, okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, the wolf jumps at Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter has pulled one of the 
railings off the staircase so kind of accidentally stakes the wolf. <laughs> yeah. And the wolf goes over and is on the ground. And this is such a long, long it is incredible. long, agonizing death scene. Because nervously, you're like, oh, my God, it's a dog in pain. Yeah. Yeah. already heartbreaking but then as it goes along i'm like oh my god this is awful because you could see the monster leaving yeah and then all you've got is some naked boy yeah. in agony and it just goes on and on and on yeah. and it's and how, he, how he reaches out his hand and oh, he's yeah. crying he starts to cry because he can't help him it's it's like again i mean not that the movie uh, you know not, not that the movie is just this like we said all-out horror film but I didn't think we. I don't think I was ready for that, for it to get to those mo- to the moment like that. You know, you don't yeah. expect a touch of humanity. Yeah. In a vampire movie, no. this kind of pathos and empathy. I'm like, I feel terrible for both of them. Yeah, and then now Peter Vince is like, I just killed a child. Yeah, and Roddy. And Mc- I'm gonna it, watch him die, and there's nothing that I can do. I know. Well, Roddy McDowell is. I mean, he sells. He's the one that makes this. He's he does that well, so beautifully. Yeah, and and that's a, a, a thing that I I think again, huge Vincent Price fan. But that's I don't I couldn't see Vincent Price getting to that place. I've never mm-hmm. seen Vincent Price cry. You know? Yeah, mm. although it would have been awesome. I mean, I'm not doubting that he could. I mean, I've I, seen him do other things. I remember him in Laura and in Song oh, of sure. Bird of Dead, but he was oh, never, a, I mean, he's a trained Shakespearean actor. I'm sure right. he can get there. He probably could, but but uh, I think that the the, the, the the sort of softer quality of, of Roddy McDowell probably got him to that place in that beautiful, beautiful moment of, of acting. Uh-huh, but unfortunately, I realized watching it this time, like, oh, Roddy, you got to leave it in. You gotta leave it in. You can't take. You gotta it out. leave. You gotta don't leave it, it in till they explode. Yeah, don't take you didn't, it out. You know, he don't took it out. Forever. He pulled out too. He pulled out too soon. Too soon. It usually see out of the way around. But Wait, did you say you have to leave it in till they till it explodes? Well, I mean, well, so or melts or melts because I mean, the other guy who got the only two other people gets staked. Right. Mm-hmm. One is the carpenter who melts. Yeah. Which and clearly, then, which clearly, he ain't coming back from that. And no. the other one is Jerry at the end, but Jerry pulls it out himself. Right. Oh, right, right. Yeah. True. After he Nosferatu's himself out of the coffin. Mm-hmm. That thing where he just like rises up without bending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a very Nosferatu. <laughs> it's, to- it's totally Nosferatu. It's straight yeah. out of Nosferatu. It's totally yeah, yeah. not to Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. When it's I saw Nosferatu for the first time, I'm like, oh, my God, they stole this from Friday. <laughs> 26, probably not. Probably it's the other way. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So he pulls the stake out, which you know is a bad idea. Like you're watching going, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't. And then, then he's got the stake and he leaves with it. And you think, all right, well, maybe he's making the choice that now he's got a weapon. He's going to go take on some other people. And maybe story-wise, like, that's a good idea that you know, mm-hmm. he needs that. But no, you, you got to leave it in. Yeah. I mean, he's seen enough movies, right? Scream like, Queen's rule number 477 has just been written by Brian Wilson. You got to leave it in. <laughs> And that works for everybody. That works for everyone in all situations. At all, all times. situations and all persuasions. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie has one piece of makeup mm-hmm. that still horrifies the hell out of me in the best possible way till oh, this yes. day. Can you guess what it is? And it's Amy when she becomes the 
Amy's fucking shark mouth. Mouth. Oh, oh my so god. Good. It's so it's like in the poster art too. It is, but Ugh. even though it's in the poster art, it's not a spoiler in the movie. No, no, it's yeah. not because you don't know what where where, how, or who. No, it it's much worse. I mean, it's cute in the poster because it's just a cloud. Nah. But yeah, yeah, and you can't see if it's thing, male or female either. Holy, because she was looking all right a minute ago. She was looking all diaphanous and sexy, and her hair has grown a foot long uh, and changed color, and I don't know how that happened, but she's a vampire, and also well, the other vampire we. has hairstylist. <laughs> we, already, we already established that dog, wolf, fog hairstylist. So mm-hmm. anything can happen upstairs. You got a weave. <laughs> you found the weave. You put it on. I mean, there's no other explanation. Uh, no, but I think it just can make them happen. Weave, and then you have <laughs> and, 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 and a red wash, a little red wash, a little little a little Hannah Rens. Let's go. A little clear all, <laughs> clear all number sixty two or whatever. Did she change her dress too? Like, is she wearing a completely different outfit? I can't remember. Well, he, he put that on her. Well, there's a whole okay. thing which I think is kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Is that apparently Amy looks just like somebody from Jerry? Oh family. yeah, yeah, and that's not really even. Uh, was that even oh, really right. explained? No, no, because here's the thing. There's a portrait that he has that looks just like Amy, except it's not oldie timey Amy. It's like Amy right now. The portrait has a fucking ribbon in its hair. (laughs) (laughs) But the the portrait is wearing that dress. Yeah. And see, that whole thing is a little weird. So you see her in the in the painting looking exactly like she looks now. Yeah. Not with much explanation, except that maybe it was a former, a lover in another lifetime mm-hmm. or whatever. But then- He said, no, he tells her, he's like, you look she like sees the portrait and he goes, that's someone I used to know. Oh yeah, but- Very, so- very long time ago. Yeah. yeah, oh, that's true. I guess I didn't really pay that much attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, then, but then I also, was also like, so what's the reason for the hair growth? Like, it's not to look more like this. I think it's just, I mean, I don't care. I don't care because she fucking goes from dowdy oh, plaid jacket, good. plaid jacket, hair clips in weird places. She mm-hmm. is stunning. Mm-hmm. It's the torture Charlie, right? Like here's huh? a, here's a, it's the torture Charlie. Here's a yeah. sexier yeah. version of your girlfriend. Yeah. Who, by the way, she told me you weren't fucking. So, and now she's going to attack oh, you. That makes total sense. I didn't look at it that way. The woman uh-huh. you've been after for a year yeah. is now coming after you. And you have to run away, or she's well, yeah. out of Charlie. And she looks hot until until the and mouth. She's hotter than ever, except for her venom mouth. Oh my God! <laughs> when she looks up, that is horrifying. That well, yeah. that appliance was apparently a last minute idea. It was made quickly over two days, and it was so shoddily constructed. They're like, never show it for long, never show it for long, never for show. It, but it's the best visual in the movie. Oh yeah, it became kind of an iconic of its. Of the film, uh huh, and I love that the, the bats. Kind of don't, I love when they turn it to bats. It's not straight up bats. Those that fucking thing is no, that thing is nasty. Huge. It's yeah. huge and it's nasty. That yeah. face on it is horrifying. <laughs> yes, I'm like, holy shit, that's a fucking bat. Hold my what? Okay, no, no, no. Fuck all that. No. Yeah, no. There's no. some great shots in there where yeah. you know the it's like the POV of the bat flying around, and I, I have no idea how they pulled that off. There, like they didn't have drones at that time. No. So like you know some sort of you know. Crane yeah, jib dolly move, but yeah, it was and it's really nice and well done. And like, it's great because it happens earlier on too. Yeah, the Wait. first one is not as smooth. Like I was watching for that because uh, it's a really long shot, and by the mm-hmm. end, it's kind of jittery. That and jittery a there's bit. a moment where it like bumps as it tries to get into the, the door window, but or sorry, the door window, the uh, the window of the, the bedroom. Um, <laughs> you know what? I was right there with you. Like I hold the door window. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I was right there with you, Brian. You took me with <laughs> you. You've been on a journey, you. and if you did not say anything, I would have been like, mm-hmm, the door window. It's, <laughs> it's a long week for me, too. I'm okay with door um, window. Yeah, so I thought you know, maybe it's just like 
it's a I, I assumed it was a low budget. We knew that it was his first movie, and mm-hmm. I thought he's just hand holding this like the entire way. This is him with the camera on his shoulder. He's shooting this. No one's gonna get this shot but him. But then the thing went up, you know, onto a you know, onto a, a crane or yeah. something, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he's going for it. Like he yeah. he wrote this thing ahead of time, and he's been planning this opening shot for you know since the beginning of the, the you know the, the beginning of this project so I, yeah there's a lot that i was reading a lot of the shots go on for long much more than like longer than two minutes which in yeah. a movie is very rare to me yeah. like a moving shot to go on for two minutes is very rare especially in a movie like this because the studio couldn't give a shit right about fright night their right. focus was on perfect starring jamie lee curtis oh yes and john travolta and the slugger's wife with Rebecca De Mornay, written oh by God. Neil Simon. Those are supposed to be the big hits of the year. Huge flop. Yeah. Huge flop. What was their big hit of the year? Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night was like the the number one movie of the summer. I mean, like independent. Like aside from like, go, what, 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 I'm just saying, like it came in at number okay. one, made a huge amount of money, mm-hmm. and overall was like when you go by statistics, it was like this was the hit of our studio for mm-hmm. the entire year. Those are great stories that way. I mean, that's maybe we, I, should, maybe we should make less movies about jazzercise. Well, I think that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that first record. shot we were just talking about it is it's great, and it does go and it take and it takes its time, and it's effective. There's no music, if yeah. you notice. There's no well, there, well, no. I mean, there is, but it's the score of the. Of the TV. film, of the film they're watching, but yeah. there's no like actual score. I mean, it just takes this time, and it makes you wonder, like, if you've never seen it before, if you're going in where you're going, you know? Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The puppet at the end, when Jerry is finally defeated. Oh yeah. After this epic showdown. Yes. Where he is looking all kinds of ugly, <laughs> and he ain't being sexy no more. No sir. No, the game yeah. is on. But if the sunlight finally does him in and he gets flying across the room, that puppet, that kind of bat looking thing, which yeah. I guess is his real form, uh-huh. was from Ghostbusters. Oh, was yeah. it the thing at the beginning? No, it didn't make it into the movie. Oh, it was okay. that puppet was supposed to be tormenting the librarian, but yeah. the ratings board said that's too scary. Oh, for okay. a PG oh, wow. movie. So they replaced it. So they grabbed it and modified it a bit because I noticed the face. I'm going, that kind of looks like Slimer. There's something about that reminds me of slime or like the face structure. And then I was like, uh-huh. oh, and I just read that today that it was lifted from the Ghostbusters. Wow. I mean, okay, well, that makes sense. It's actually cool because the arms of it like flap around, you know, and it's yeah. very, it's, it's very like, again, very 80s, very uh, 80s, over the top, lots of wind, very poltergeist. Very poltergeist. And, yeah. and if you replace the music with Yakety Sax from Betty Hill. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As it's burning, like, ah, nah, nah, nah. it looks like dancing. It's great. It's great. It's a great shot. Love everything, man. Love everything, man. This this basement where they're hanging out is filled with like old bits of furniture and yeah. like yeah. two by fours and wooden odds and ends. Like it seems like the like if I were a vampire <laughs> and I had my coffin in the basement of a house, assuming and, that you're not, uh huh. Assuming mm-hmm. that I'm not, and we, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and I knew that I could be injured. Like we, we, he got injured by a pencil in the hand or you can oh, yeah, get a yeah. splinter and it could kill you. You know, I wouldn't have a bit of wood. There'd be not, not a stick of wood in the entire house, much <laughs> less an entire basement just 
filled with like shoddily made chairs and antique furniture. Like as they're like running around and fighting, I'm like, oh, at any moment he's just gonna step on something or he's gonna so push into something. And you die. would have preferred if he was living in a house that was all like that Scandinavian kind of, you know, that yeah. clear. You know, ghost chairs and shit that come like that. <laughs> or, or maybe, or maybe just a little bit of rattan furniture. Uh, like, like that would be a little safer. Does particle board work the same as wood? I don't know. I would go all like rubber inflatable. Uh, <laughs> it's the eighties, right? Bean bag chairs, bean bags, and uh, yeah, like like pool pool furniture. <laughs> just inflatable chairs. I'm dying right now, Brian. That's the funniest thing I've ever. <laughs> Welcome to my lair. It is the bouncy castle. Yes, very sexy, very sexy <laughs> for a vampire. I just like, I don't know, it seemed very ballsy of him. Yeah. Like, I'm just playing with fire here. Uh -huh. Very assuming. Well, I just yeah. kind of think, I don't mean, I don't know how long he's been around, but presumably <laughs> it's a really long time, and oh boy, is he cocky. Oh, yeah. You could say that possibly his cockiness was his fatal flaw. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but then again, he wasn't done in by wood, was he? No, he wasn't. No. no. You, you, you've been talking about how he's, he's sort of like a monster, and he's clearly not a nice guy. Huh? Mm -hmm. There's a moment when he first goes into Charlie's bedroom, and he, you know, so he goes, and the, the, the mother invites him in, which is one of the funniest moments. Yeah. I think in, in, oh, in, yeah. And by the way, did you catch what he was drinking? He's drinking a Bloody Mary. Uh, a Bloody Mary? Yeah. Oh, love it. I was going to get <laughs> fruit juice. All like those touches are great. Of course, I get to pay better attention. I mean, no, I mean, it's so deep in the background, really, but it's got a yeah. stick of celery in it. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, I that, that's cute. That's cute. So, so they're upstairs, and he, you know, he, he knows that Charlie knows, and Charlie knows that he knows. Mm -hmm. And he grabs him, and he's holding him up against the wall, and he's throwing him around like a rag doll. Yeah. And you're like, all right, this is the end. He's just going to off him right here. And then he basically gives Charlie a choice. He's like, look, dude, you could just stop telling everybody there's a vampire next door. Yeah. I won't have to kill you. I won't have to kill your mom. Mm -hmm. And this could be the end of it. And I thought, wow, that's actually pretty friendly. Pretty nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, he gave him an out. Like, Charlie, take this out. You can go to the police the next day. This Do is you... not your moment to make a stand. But, Brian, can you trust the word of the living dead? Well, why not try it? Because yeah. I also realized that before he said anything, he's just like, Charlie, we wouldn't want to wake your mother. So I have to kill her too. And then immediately throws him through the closet door. Yeah. Right. And I went, oh, you don't care if mom wakes up. You don't no. care if you have to kill her. <sighs> You're a son of a point. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I but at least he's giving him an options. Or is he? <laughs> the mom or is he? Or is that to, make, that to make him stop fighting just long enough so I can get you in the thrall? The mom is so dumb. I don't think she would notice. Um, you know, like, like there's a, the bit where he, he wants to keep the mom from coming out, right? So he grabs the doorknob yeah. and gives a little tug. Oh, yeah. How like breaks the door frame and jams yeah. the door at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And then, so then later they had, you know, uh, Charlie, Charlie, I can't tell if the door is broken. And then after she finally gets out, she's like, oh, so what happened? And he's like, oh, you know, he just had to go. And then she never questions why the door is broken. No, <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. But she Charlie's, she... why is he, uh, he's thrown through like the, the, the closet door, right? She didn't notice that. No. Or yeah, in, like, yeah there's lots of stuff happening. And, and, but, and you know, and, he, he was and, but she didn't offer him a Valium, which was about the most 80s thing you could do. And that's <laughs> yeah, funny. 
But then she also tells him that she had that nightmare. She wants to compare notes about nightmares about how she was naked at a white sale. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mom, oh my God, I never want my mom to ever tell me any kind of nightmare like that. No, no, so not helping. Why did I save your life just now? Why did I even bother? <laughs> Why did I even out. bother? But no, she's funny. She drops out of the movie because she has to work the she night does, shift. She does, she does. She has to work the night shift. Yeah. Do they make a reference where the dad is at any point? No. 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 No, and you know, I love this movie. It makes me so happy. It's just a joy to watch. And there's a, a parent, there is a documentary there that's is on, a on, on Amazon Prime right mm -hmm. now. It, it's apparently fantastic. It's like three and a half hours long. So it's like everything you possibly ever want to know. But I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet because, you know, I've got a lot of stuff to do right now. Yeah, I noticed that because I ended up just renting it off on Amazon. And when I searched for it, it came up. Do you know, like, is that new or? No, I mean, no it's about a year old because the oh, guys who made it oh, approached me at some point to promote oh, they did. it. But when people come up to me and just say, promote my movie. Uh-huh. And I get the impression like you don't listen. Right. You just spammed every horror podcast. I'm not promoting your movie. Right, right. You want to and, be a listener. And at that time, it's like, I don't really do documentaries. And it's probably mm -hmm. great. No, but apparently it's fantastic. It's one of the best. Uh, one of the better horror documentaries out there. And, and I love that. What I went on on the scenes there. Because it's just such a fun movie. But, and the thing is, Tom, there is a sequel. Yeah, there's multiple. One. Is there not multiple sequels? Just one. Have one in the remake. It? That's it. And Tom Holland had a sequel pitch, but the studio was like, no, we got this. Oh, God. He wanted the oh, whole cast no. back together. Yeah. Is Evil Ed in it? Yeah, they were going to be fighting Evil Ed. Oh, yeah. Which is what they leave that But many, many, many years. Like, they, he was like, I want to wait 10 years, and I want Charlie to have a family now. Oh, okay. And Evil Ed's back for his kids. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, but it would get the whole cast back together as many as they can, and it never happened. But apparently there's a video game version. Oh. Where they got everybody back to do the voices except for not Bill Paxton. Oh, wow. Okay. They got Roddy. They got Chris Sarandon. They got everybody back. Amanda Beers came out of retirement to do it. I've never heard of it. When did that happen? I, don't, I want to say 1997. Oh, okay. So, so they did wait. Nintendo. Hmm? Or ninety-seven? That's PlayStation. What would that be? I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. But it was in the Wikipedia, so it must be true. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. That sounds great. It does sound great. You, you, you can fire up your three eighty-six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's four eighty-six DX. That's right. You got all that shit. Get your modem uh -huh. going. <laughs> talk about talk about. K you know what? You can log. You can log on to. You can log on to Ask Jeeves, find out where you can get a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe check out Dogpile. Start uh, a curiosity site about it. There's the AOL chat, chat room that's got all the deets. Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Or GeoCities website. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. we, we pronounced the GeoCities because it rhymed with atrocities. Oh, that's what you were saying, GeoCities. <laughs> Rhymes with atrocities. <laughs> I totally missed that. Yeah, and then you can hang. Yeah, right. And Brian's absolutely right. And, we, and Manny and I can hang out in the Fright Not video game M for M, Mask for Mask. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> so funny. Oh uh, yeah, the sequel's not bad. It's I think not, it, huh? I think that went direct to video. Who is anybody that we know in it? Or well, William Ragsdale's back as Charlie. Oh, oh, he is. It's okay. He's back. Roddy McDowell is back. Oh. Um, it's not. Jerry, 
it's someone identifying as his sister. And I don't know what that means. I don't remember exactly if it's an actual sister or more like a vampire sister, but she moves into the house. Okay, so that's the caveat is that the fact that it's an now female vampire is yeah, to yeah, a and she's got a whole like coven with and like some of some more vampires and a werewolf, and it, it's not as good. It's not as sharp. I think it went yeah. to video, but it's not, it's actually worth a watch. Does I Kelly am. still I, live I, next door? Yeah. Oh God. With his mother. Well, you know, he doesn't have the house buying rules. He doesn't get he, like <laughs> does he get to explain to his mom why they have to move now? But there's no Amy or no mention of Amy. Oh, she's like, thanks for saving my life. Yeah. I'm going to go join this commune. I'm going to live in a yurt now <laughs> back to having, like, and have some music work. festivals. That's what I'm doing right now, Charlie. Thanks. Yeah, we could have had a whole, a whole Amy film. Amy, Amy. Yes. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like the lots vampires could have. Lots of wigs. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> All good stuff now, but that's, I think kids, we've done Friday night. We've done Friday night. It was great to revisit it. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. I haven't seen it in a while that. either, and it's always a treat. And it's one of these things I always expect it to suddenly lose its charm. And no, it doesn't. It really no. doesn't. Nope, so it good. really doesn't. And the fact that the effects hold up mm-hmm. as well as they do is amazing. And it's it's entertaining. It's not there's like I don't find any slow parts. Like I thought it was entertaining from beginning to yes. end. My yes, only beef that. with the movie, and mm-hmm. this is just something that's personal. When you mm-hmm. have a vampire in a scene at a dance club and they don't play I Love the Nightlife <laughs> like they did in Love at First Bite with Richard with uh what's his name? George Hamilton, then yeah. it's just not gonna work. That was one of those early moments. I saw that movie have you ever seen that movie, Brian? Heard of it? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, there's that whole scene. I saw my mom took me to see that in the mm-hmm. theater when I was a kid because she, well, let's just say, she really liked George Hamilton. Oh, yes. She was one of many of Whose mom doesn't? Uh-huh. And that scene happened in the disco and that song started and that was the first time I heard, I'm not lying, I want to boogie. And something in my soul was like, I really like this song in a way that I don't normally <laughs> like this. So I don't know what it is. It's Do weird. You know, it's like I had no concept of anything at the time. I'm eight years old. <laughs> you know that that was originally written to be a country song. I could see that. Yeah. I love the nightlife. I love the yodel. I think it was going to not be boogie. I'm assuming. I'm not oh. sure what it was, but it was. I, I know Leave my I, show I, right now, Brian Wilson. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I like to yodel. I like the two step. Signing off. <laughs> I like to get drunk and fight. Yeah, I love must my have been shotgun. The most tan Dracula. I shot my dead wife. wife, wife. <laughs> God. I oh. like it. You should go with that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Alicia, what's your name? Would be like, no, I'm no. <laughs> not giving you Alicia, any rights. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So Brian Wilson. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell people really quickly about those games that you make? I will oh. back up how fabulous they both are and tell them where they can find you and those fabulous games. Sure. Yeah, super fast. So uh, I have a company with my wife called Galactic Sneeze, and we make super fun party games. We have a game called Schmovie, the hilarious game of made-up movies, which is fun for the whole family, where you get to come up with funny titles for made-up movies. And then I have a dirty adult party game called Spank the Yeti, uh, which is hilarious and definitely not for the kids. Definitely and not. All, no, all of no. our games are... No, Spank the Eddie is uh, strictly for the grown and sexy. And, mm. uh, but it's a ton ah! of fun. You can get all of our hey. games uh, at Amazon. Uh, you can get Spank the Eddie at Barnes & Noble. They're both available at like, Go Games and Toys. And you can follow all of our games at our company, Galactic Sneeze, Spank the Eddie, Shmovie, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, across the board. 
and then I'm Brian Galactic on Twitter and Instagram and places like that. And that's Brian with Y, kids. Brian, Brian with a Y. Yep. You know what? That's, are they are they are they board are they like board games or they? Yeah, they're, they're like they're uh, card games. Card games. Oh, that sounds um, great. Like your tabletop. Uh, like if you played Card yeah. Against Humanity, yes. you would love uh, Spank the Yeti. It's also yeah. you know totally offensive, but yeah. uh, different oh, mechanic. Yeah, and not then, even uh, sorry, Brian. I'll let you explain your own product instead of jumping in. La, 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 please, I'll be over please. Here. No, what I was going to say, it's not just like it's card games. There are more to incite conversation because I will tell Brian this every time he's on my show because it continues to be true. Every time I have whipped out Spank the Yeti at a party, it has become the center of the party okay that kicks ass well, what about the movies one sounds great there's, too, no t- there's no time i mean the movie one is also great i'm not i'm not saying that but i'm just mm-hmm. saying like because normally at a party people like my parties people can't think that hard but when it comes to like telling truths about other people and reading people to <laughs> the eddie is great for that and <laughs> it's not like there's a you're going to be playing it for an hour you can come in play a hand and leave right I, I do like that about the game. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. It doesn't even become about the points anymore, and like you can, it's a great way to talk to new people. Oh, that's great! I'm so and stuff in. like that. I've never had, not had a bad time playing Spank the Yeti, except Brian Wilson. Something just occurred to me. What's that? After I met Brian, shortly afterwards, they were having a like a game testing day where you could come come to a a local game store, Twenty Sided Dice in Brooklyn. Yeah, 20-sided store, yep, in uh-huh. Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And they were doing a Spanky Yeti day and movie, a movie day. And so I went down to talk to him a bit and, you know, whatever. And you know, I, I don't remember if we'd record it or not. I was still seducing him. Come to my soul, Brian. It's like, <laughs> oh, be great publicity for your product. But the first thing, I walked in and Brian's standing there. And he's like, oh, hi, Patrick. Thanks for coming. Have one of these Yeti cookies. I made them myself. <laughs> they might turn your poop blue. <laughs> and yes that's the moment that i had said i love brian wilson this guy's amazing but then i also realized he gave me these cookies and then he also was like could you just drink this vial of water no reason <laughs> uh. <laughs> so i've also realized it's brian wilson game designer vampire hunter okay i have blown your cover brian wilson <laughs> thank you for your service you, so you apparently, cut, I, I'm assuming you have part, one, of those, right? one of those cases then, too. One of those bags. One of those yeah. trunks. Well, hey, hey, I'm sure his is more stylish. She's like, you should wear a backpack like mine. You can buy one at GalacticSneeze.com. <laughs> slash accessories. <laughs> slash merch. So, Manny, yeah. what projects have you got coming up? Uh, well, I took, I took a- Gracing us with your presence on stage again. Yes, well, like you, I, I enjoy performing on stage. So, uh, let's see, uh, what I do every year, I think this is my either seventh or eighth year doing it. Uh, we're doing the Golden Girls live on stage, and it's some, the drag queens play the, the main roles, mm-hmm. and then myself and another actor or actress come in and we play just about everybody else, which is just a lot of fun. So, uh, and it's a Christmas-themed, so we get two episodes and we, they're not the Christmas episodes, but we Christmasize them okay. uh, by adding little mentions. And uh-huh. uh, we do two different ones every year. And this year we don't know what we're doing yet, um, but uh, we're going to open November 29th uh, and we run all the way to December 23rd at the Victoria Theater in San Francisco. So if you're in our neck of the woods, come by and check it out. It's a holiday tradition. It always sells out and it's a great fun, not only for Golden Girls fans, but for any fans of sort of 
eclectic fun funny theater so wow that sounds great i hate yeah, all that shit funny. i hate eclectic fun funny things fuck all that man fuck is that why you do is that why you do that kind of shit all the time too? i do art oh mm. isn't that right art he's laying in my bed right now how you doing mm. hey, 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 hey okay hey, look at that bush look at that bush yeah, he's got a art's got a huge bush it is art in itself he is art and his bush is I hate you, Bryson. <laughs> but I don't. Manny, Brian, thank you for coming back. Thank you for taking part in the countdown to Halloween Podathon. Thank you. Yeah, thank anytime. You. Thank anytime. You. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you such a for time. helping out the kids at New Alternatives, which is the most important part of this. Yeah. Thank you for being such a joy to have on the air. And oh, God, there's just one more thing i just i I just i don't even want to bring it up but um go right ahead i i have to do it happy halloween (laughs) i'm so scary good night everybody buddy good night brian good night patrick good night manny good night john boy episode 242 my thank you to manuel canary and brian wilson for coming on and doing a fantabulistic job with my favorite movies i hate when you bring people on for your favorite movies and they don't like them but they loved them so that was good that was good that was great no it was better than good it's great just like log yeah i'm all over the place today i've now taken a painkiller from my foot so i'm gonna be loopy for the rest of this time what were you before patrick you hush your mouth you hush your mouth and go buy a game from Brian. Christmas is coming. Go buy a game from Brian. After you donate, go over to galacticsneeze.com and buy a copy of Bang the Eddie or Shmovie to say thank you, Brian, for keep coming back to the show. And if you're in the San Francisco era, go thank Manuel in many Mr. Who? I don't know. Go thank Go thank Manny Canary in person at that Golden Girls Christmas show. Go do that and tell him where you heard about it. Tell them how much you loved them on the show and 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 that would be cool. Wow. Coming up on the schedule are two listener favorites. They always make an impression every time they're here and it's usually with boobs, right? Of course, cause it's none other than the boob girl herself and her husband, Mr. Scott. Yep, I'm talking about Allison Wacky and Brian Polk. And they are here to talk about Dr. Giggles. Every time Allison has been on the show, I mean every time, she has brought up Dr. Giggles for some reason or another, talking about how awesome a movie it was. And I think the last time she was on, we discovered she'd never even seen it. So we have fixed that problem. And she knew this time, going in, that there were no boobs. And Dr. Giggles, boob girl is getting no boobs. So 
Will she cry? Will she freak out? Will she pretend not to know? Do I have to play audio from the previous show when I told her that there are no boobs in Dr. Giggles? I don't know. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. You're going to have to tune in tomorrow and find out. And please, please, I'm begging you. If you do nothing else today, share the information about what we're doing here. I'm telling you, I raised $500 in two days with one post on Facebook. One post and the link that will take you to that page to share on your Facebook account is really easy to remember. It's bit.ly slash sqpodathon. It will literally take no time. And please donate yourself. If you haven't already, please use that link to donate or the other link. HTTP colon slash fundraise dot neuralternativesnyc.org slash sq. I know we're almost done with the shows. And the donations will go on for a few weeks after that. The donation pages will be open. I'm getting so worn out, I'm getting worried about my health. And I'm worried that I'm going to be able to finish this. And it would crush me to have to stop this and not have met the goal. But I'm forcing myself to be optimistic. Today has been a bad day. But the episode will be out soon. I always feel so much better when it's done. And today, as soon as this uploads, I am taking a huge nap. But Patrick, it's only 10 in the morning. I said, yeah, I know. I've been up since 5 working on this. And I've earned a nap, haven't I? Yes, I have. And you know what? You've earned me shutting up. And you know what? Hey, if you have no other reason to donate, donate because I didn't cry for another show. That's cause for celebration, right? Right, and how to have me blubbering in your ears? You're directly in your ears through your earbuds? That must be terrible. Having my snot pouring in your ear hole? That would be gross. Just be happy that didn't happen today. And you know what else you can do? If you're doing something awesome this weekend for Halloween, please let me know. Please. I'm not having a Halloween. And also, just throw something else out there. This is something that's, that's been interesting me, late, interesting me lately. If you've got like a cool local ghost story or an urban legend, I'd love to hear that too. I would love to hear that too. And send me pictures of your costumes or your kids' costumes or your pets' costumes or your house decorations. I don't care. Just send me stuff. Every picture I, send, I get will be going up on the Instagram page. And to get those calls into me, which by the way are going to be making up the first episode back in November – as an FYI, I need you to pick up your phone and call 917-720-2047. You can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens and I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And also remember, all of my Patreon donations for the month of October will be going towards New Alternatives. If you listen on the Radio Public app, all the money I earn from your listens will be going to New Alternatives for the month of October. So yeah, listen up. Listen up, kids. If you haven't downloaded the Radio Public app, do that now. Do that now. Listen to an episode, give a little money, and it all goes to New Alternatives, and you didn't spend a dime. That's pretty cool. But you know what? I got to go. 
Still got some work to do. Still got to do all the unsexy web page stuff. And then I will have time for my nap. So until tomorrow, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. But maybe just this for this Halloween, make it a little less scary for some kids who have been through enough. And never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby. Or I will kick your ass. The music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches!